These are the dialogues of a peculiar character. My name is Thomas Gideon. Join me in chasing my peculiar passion for beer and brewing through conversations with the amazing and curious people who work in the beer industry. I look forward to sharing with you the fascinating stories about how and where beer is made and served, whether that is mere minutes or many hundreds of miles from my home. As I sit down to record this intro, I'm about to head out to one of my very favorite destinations in the area around Washington, D.C. That's the Eastern Shore. For folks who are not familiar with the area, this is the peninsula that the state of Maryland and Delaware share. In particular, I enjoy going to a quaint small town on the Maryland side of the peninsula, St. Michael's. There is a beautiful downtown section as you'll hear in the interview I'm about to share, right at the start of that, there is a brewery, a winery, and a distillery. The brewery Eastern Shore has a rich and interesting history and is on the cusp of some interesting changes. I do want to let you know we talk in the interview about a can release. I actually recorded this interview a couple of months back. Those cans now should be in distribution, so if you're in the area, do keep an eye out for St. Michael's new to your bottle shops and favorite stops. One other thing before I start the interview, I have my first bit of listener feedback. Jim wrote in to let me know that his daughter and son-in-law consider Seven Locks, featured in the first episode of the podcast, their home brewery. He has a site, istopforhops.com, where he writes and reviews breweries that he encounters in his travels. In looking at that site. The breweries that he lists, even though some of the places he's been I'm familiar with, none of these breweries are ones that I've heard of. To me, that says these are on the smaller side that have the same sort of interesting local stories that I've been sharing so far in the podcast. So do check out Jim's site and feel free, as always, to reach out and contact me at feedback at peculiarcharacter.com or you can listen to the tag in the outro for other ways to find me online. If, like me, you like the quieter, out-of-the-way places when you're traveling, places that maybe have more to offer than it seems at first glance, you may have found St. Michael's. When I first visited a few years ago, I was thrilled to see not just a winery and a distillery, at the start of the main drag through town, but also a brewery, Eastern Shore. I'm thrilled to be joined by Ace, Jay, and Zach to learn more about this historic brewery. Welcome. Thank you. How's it going? Hey. Um, so, since we've got so many voices to start with, can I get each of you in turn to say your name? Tell me a little bit about yourself so the listener can better track as we're having our conversation. Sure. My name is Ace Moritz. I'm one of the owners along with my wife. I'm Jay. I'm the uh, general manager here at Eastern Shore Brewing. And I'm Zach Mylash. Uh, I'm the brewer here at Eastern Shore Brewing. Fantastic. So I said historic brewery for a reason. This is the first brewery on the Maryland part of the peninsula and anyway since Wild Goose shut down. Can you tell me a little bit about how the brewery got started? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so we are definitely the oldest brewery on the Eastern Shore. 
Um, we, my wife and I wanted to start a brewery and we were uh, in the process of finding a location. We were coming back, I think from Hilton Head and my parents had just moved here and we stopped in. I had met the owner of the winery. Um, St. Michael's wasn't even on the map, but we stopped in. I met the owner of the winery and it just seemed a perfect location having the wine and the beer right next to each other. Um, couldn't have been a better, uh, better, uh, merriment. So were you involved with beer before that? Just home brewing. Um, I kind of putzed around at Long Trail Brewing for a while. I lived in Vermont for a long time, um, and that's where I got loving uh, craft beer. Even though it was in its infancy back then, we're talking 1989, 1990, um, at least infancy in New, New England. Uh, and uh, and that's I, you know, started brewing 50 gallons a month and bootlegging to bars and restaurants in um, Rochester, New York at the time. Uh, now I don't do any brewing. That's all Zach's. <laughs> How about you, Jay? How did you get involved with beer? Um, I've been in the restaurant business my whole life, and uh, my wife and I were coming out here, actually, to move. My parents live in Bosman, or have a house in Bosman, and uh, we were looking for a job, and I'd, I'd known a lot about beer just from selling it for so long, and actually, oddly enough, I, I called Ace on the phone and left a message and was like, yeah, the website was down for some reason. And I left a message saying, Hey, I'm moving out to the area. You know, this was, this was in December. And I said, moving out to the area. I was just seeing if you guys are hiring. And he calls me back 45 minutes later and we talked for like an hour. And then we just kind of talked here and there, um, you know, for, for about three months. Um, and then he was like, can you do me a favor and, and just, can you send me your, Resume, so my wife thinks we're doing this, you know, legitimately, <laughs> and it was all just done through, uh, through, vo you know, through conversations. And uh, I walked through the door, and it was just, you know, it was like meeting an old friend. Um, so it was kind of neat to be able to kind of start up with these guys in a in a very, you know, casual manner, even though I was in Colorado at the time. So. I gotta say, it was the best. Will wrote the best letter of reference I've ever read. I have it framed in my in my house, just so you know, so I can be like that. <laughs> how how close to that was? How close was that to when the brewery opened? Um, I think they had been three years. I think I stepped in their uh, their third year. Fantastic. All right, Zach. How about you? Yeah, well, uh, kind of a lot like Ace. Like I started out as a home brewer um, when I was kind of end of high school, going into college. I was home brewing quite a lot. Um, I was going to school, and I really wasn't like super thrilled with the major that I had at the time. And I, I, it was it, this was two thousand and nine, two thousand and eight, something like that. And so craft beer was really starting to get very popular at that point. So I thought, hey, maybe I can get a job as a brewer. Um, so I came down, actually, I think I'd probably emailed you a few times before that, but, uh, pretty much it was my 21st birthday. I was at the MVA in Easton to get my new driving license so I could drink. And I, uh, I thought, well, hell, the brewery's right down the street. Let me come down and stop in and talk to Ace and see if I can't get a job. Uh, so I, I first started off here kind of doing like assistant brewer, a little bit of bartending, kind of just jack of all trades and, uh, I did that for two and a half or three years, and then eventually I became the brewer, and I've been doing that ever since. So the location is an important part of the story. This is a historic building, yeah. This mm -hmm. is an old flour mill. Yeah. Uh, are there particular advantages or drawbacks to, to running a brewery in a place like this? 
well, I think there's nothing new about this building. <laughs> you know, it's very old, nothing's square, nothing's flat. When we got the building, there was no sewer, there was no plumbing, uh, very limited electric. So um, the advantages are that we've got thousands and thousands of people every year walk by the front door. The disadvantages are the historical side. <laughs> In that sense, you mean the the sort of barriers if you want to make any kind of changes, right. especially to the visible parts of the building. Exactly, exactly. And just the structure, the, the bare bones of the building. You know, we can't go and take a floor out and put a new floor in, and it's it's tough. Yeah, and there's a lot of challenges in the brew house. I mean, the building, so the, the tasting room is a separate building than the brewery, at least when they were first originally built. And so what do you know what that building was originally used yeah so for? the first the where the fermenters are there was a coal and wood fired steam generator that yeah. fed lines to two ten thousand gallon vats that had fat and molasses to make for to make feed so the farmers would come here and get unground wheat from the um from the mill and also get the fat and molasses so this is where they kept the fat and molasses but when they built these buildings, they weren't really concerned about quality. So it's all, it's an entire cinder block building back there. And the wall, the, the cinder block is not what we would consider high quality cinder block. <laughs> so there's a lot of issues like when we hang our glycol lines and do plumbing work and stuff like that. It's a little hairy sometimes and uh, the floors aren't level and, you know, it groundwater can seep in if we get a really bad hurricane uh yeah we're only a foot above sea, yeah. sea level here <laughs> yeah. so it's it's got a few challenges but like i said i mean you can't beat the location here the tasting room is is utterly charming too may not be apparent i guess to visitors coming in that on the production side of the house maybe you're struggling a little <laughs> yeah. bit yeah we uh the tasting room's been a, a blast we just keep keep you know just kind of keep tweaking it with you know local Local wood tables. Uh, our friends McMartin and Beggins make these for us. Um, you know the the dead animals on the walls have all been <laughs> gifts. You know they say it takes a village, but uh, it's really neat. A lot of this, the tasting room, like you said, is charming, but it's it's a little piece of everybody in St. Michael's. You know they like to give us little souvenirs that they can enjoy. Maybe not at their house anymore because it's out of date, but they can enjoy it here and have some beer. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. might be getting some more some more deadheads yeah. coming. Yeah. yeah. New husband doesn't like the uh, the sheep heads that she has. So. There you go. <laughs> We've got some wall space for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, and this tasting room's gone through a lot of changes, yeah. too. Like, when we, I guess when you first opened, it was down in the other room. But right. now, it, originally, the bar was here yeah. where we're sitting, I guess. The and it was a direct there. draw system, too. So we had a, it a five, mm -hmm. it was a five half keg direct draw system. Completely on the other side of our only cold room that had stairs. So on a busy Saturday when there's 125 people in here, we would have to go down into the brewery cold room with a hand truck, get a half keg, make it, you know, part the sea to get through the people with a half keg, pull the old one, and dealing with direct draw systems is, you know, a bear anyway. Not to mention shaking the hell out of a keg going up five steps with a hand truck, you know, it was, oh my gosh, yeah. The last remodel was, um, was, was a godsend. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah totally. A lot of breweries your age seem to be looking at upgrading, moving to new spaces. Would you guys be satisfied being here for another eight, nine, ten years? Or is it something you would ever contemplate, like, Hiving off, say, part of the production side to scale up, or so we we're self-funded. Um, we don't have investors. 
so there's really no well to us to go for. Not to mention, I mean, we're doing fine. We're doing great. Um, and there's room to expand here. Um, and we're, I think we're all pretty happy. Of course, we'd like to, to get bigger, but I love St. Michael's, and I, I really don't want to move from St. Michael's. And this is the largest flat square footage in the entire town. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and once we get out of here, it's a county thing, not a town thing. Um, so I think we're probably happy here for the next five, eight years. Yeah, and I think we've got plenty. I mean, in, in terms of just production space, I mean, we could probably double our production just with the square footage that we have. A couple pieces of equipment. And that would get us, that would take us pretty far. You talked about it a little bit in terms of sort of the uh, quirks of working on the production side in this space. What's the brewery setup like, Zach? So our brew house is... Um, it's a, I guess it's actually a 10 hectoliter brew house, right? Yep. Um, but basically, we have all 15 barrel tanks. So I use uh, our brew house. I double batch. We do seven and a half barrel batches, fill our 15 barrel tanks. Um, we've got three uh, 15 barrel fermenters and a seven barrel fermenter, and then two 15 barrel um, bright tanks. So I like to run uh, just, I'm the only production employee, so my schedule kind of makes this easy for me. I like to run on three-week cycles, so typically I'll brew, uh, do my weak primary fermentation, um, give a little bit of a, a warm rest, then cold crash the beer, and uh, typically as I'm pulling into a bright tank, uh, I'm refilling that fermenter the next day, and then the day after that I'm emptying the bright tank to be refilled again next week. So it's, it's a pretty um, comfortable schedule at this point. With uh, a few, we're getting into some more kind of interesting things, kind of doing some different fermentations, uh, and the seven barrel tank really comes in handy to, to play around and do some fun stuff. So that that sometimes can make you know, make my schedule a little bit different than what I'm used to, but it's work, you know. <laughs> you can't complain too much. <laughs> so we can definitely get into uh, some of the newer stuff you're doing, but to maybe set the stage for that a little bit more, uh, the philosophy of your beer, like how you go about picking the styles that you pursue, putting the recipes together. What, did it, what is it that you're trying to bring to a beer enthusiast? Fun, I think. I think we all, I, I think we're pretty, fairly traditional yeah. too, yeah. you know. I mean, you're really good. You're awesome technically at the brewing, those awesome traditional brewers. We all have the same type of flavor profile too. We all, I think we all dig on the same styles of beer. Yeah. Um, I think one thing we always say too is, you know, we all like to drink beer. And one of the things I think we, we like to do is make beer for people that enjoy drinking. Um, and so most of our beers, we try not to get too overly aggressive with any of our styles. Um, typically, most of our alcohols don't reach much over 6%. We do a few beers throughout the year that are higher. Um, our anniversary beers usually are a little bit higher. But, yeah, I think we, we kind of just like to... Like you know. beer drinkers, I yeah. mean, it's I like to sit down and have some beers, exactly. you know, and it's well, seven, twelve, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like a beer drinkers brewery, right. is, is right, right, you know, right. and we tend to not like kettle sours, so you <laughs> typically won't find a kettle sour here. You probably will never find a kettle right. sour. Right? <laughs> yeah, we've done actually, we've done our first uh, sour um, production sour was the um, Dulcinea. Which was a Brett um, saison with saison yeast that was just outstanding. Will you do more? Yes. Yeah. So that beer, uh, the Dulciana, is one that we kind of started. We had this old, old Grundy tank from when you first. Yeah, opened that was up. originally a bright tank. Yeah, <laughs> and it. I mean, it had been sitting around for years, just taking up space, and we hadn't been doing anything with it. And uh, I kind of 
we made a few upgrades around here and our efficiencies got a little bit better and I found myself with an extra day a week where I kind of had some free time on my hands and I went to Ace and I was like, oh, let's put some new gaskets on this tank and let's do some weird stuff in it, you know? And a, a, a Brett Saison is like really right up our alley. We've done a, a, a traditional Saison. Um, a couple times. Yeah, a couple of times. Yeah. Usually it's like a, a summer seasonal beer. Um, this year our production schedule has been a little bit busier, so we didn't have time to do it, but I, I was like, this is a great opportunity just to do something fun and different. We hand bottled it all into, yeah. uh, 750 milliliter bottles. Um, the bottle condition too. Yeah. yeah. Gave it a three month aging period on, uh, on the Britannomyces yeast to, uh, to really just let some of that flavor come out. And it was, I don't know, something, again, it kind of fits into that drink of that drinking beer mold. I mean, it's only a 5% yeah. beer. But it's got a lot of character. It's high carbonation, so it goes down easy. Um, yeah, I was actually really, really excited to yeah. do that beer. <laughs> How was that received? I mean, it sounds like that could be somebody maybe not familiar with those styles. A little counterintuitive, given what you described about uh, making beer for beer drinkers, making drinkable beer. Yeah, it has been a little bit of a sell job, I think, to some people. Um, but I think when, when we're sitting here in our tasting room and Jake can like go to a customer and explain to them what the beer is and say, this is not something you've ever heard of, but I know you're telling me what you like to drink and I can tell you you're probably going to like this. I think you've had a lot of success yeah. getting people to enjoy it. Yeah, you know, and it was and it was really something that was different. It was it was kind of an elegant take on a, on a style, you know, and I think that's what really kind of gave it some legs was it wasn't just beer. It was, it was something very special. It was something to be enjoyed. Um, and, and for that, and it, and it can age, you know, it's always going to change and, and they're more excited now about seeing the next go around, you know, and, and now we're teaching them about how, you know, how the beer is going to be the same, but the nuances will be different because, you know, whatever's in the air or the temperature of the fermentation. So it's, uh, it's really neat that now they're kind of getting, getting on that and they're like, Ooh, we can't wait. We can't wait. It's the same thing with like the rednecks and you know, all the, you know, the guys come down here, they've been drinking 10 ounce Budweiser's their whole life. And now they call up, they're like, I'm going to be sauteing some rockfish. Which one of your beers would go well with it? You know, <laughs> have you held back some of that beer yourselves to perhaps do like vertical tastings or to, to have that part of the kind of tap room offering as well? That's exactly, that was, that was in the plan was to do that. So we'll have the 2018 will be coming out and we'll have about eight cases of the 2017 left um, for people to actually purchase both years at the same time. Um, and then along with our own sellers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which are amply filled. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, but I think that's going to be a great beer for that, too, because kind of the whole idea with this beer was to brew it in a little bit more of an old school method. Um, so we're using it's a stainless steel fermentation, but... I uh, harvested the yeast dregs out of the tank uh, to repitch into the new batch. Um, and then instead of like doing a traditional caustic clean, sanitize the tank, I kind of mimicked what, you know, a Belgian brewer would have been able to do to their tanks in the 1800s. And I just hooked up 180 degree hose water and sprayed the tank down and did a, a real kind of quick cursory scrub. So it, the tank was cleaned, not necessarily sanitized, um, hoping to get a little bit of like house character into the beers and kind of 
This one was brewed later in the summer, so it had a warmer initial fermentation compared to the first batch. Yeah, so, no temperature regulation on the tank. Yeah, so I think uh, ch- trying to just get a little bit of that house, Eastern Shore brewing character in- into it and kind of let it express uh, over the over the generations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of us. Yeah. <laughs> Did you do an open fermentation on that at all or do anything in terms of not, like spunding or like pressure management? Yeah, so no, it's not open fermentation. Um in the strict sense of the word, um, we didn't, uh, I put a blow off hose on the tank. I didn't air cap it, uh, but pretty much no, not an open fermentation. Uh, and then, yeah, no spunding. Um, like I said, we just hand bottled that. So, uh, we just prime, prime, you know, mixed priming sugar and, uh, and sat there for a yeah. day. <laughs> God, I don't know how many <laughs> bottles that we went through that were not carbonated because we were like little kids on Christmas. It's sitting in the corner, you, you know, screaming at us. Yeah. And then you can't, you know, it's halfway carbonated. You couldn't put it down in the sink. You had yeah. to drink it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, shucks. <laughs> shucks. <laughs> is, that, is that something that you thought about doing as like a cool ship when you talk about kind of capturing that uh, environmental character? Uh, probably logistically for us, that wouldn't, um, work out well here. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's tough. We have enough problems keeping the cool ship outside. You know, this is the historical building that there's always some stuff rolling around in here. Like the environmental character of our brewery probably is a bunch of things that would not make beer taste good. Yeah. Uh, I, we worked for a really long time when I first started brewing here to, to make sure, uh, we weren't getting environmental character into our beer. So I'm, what I'm doing with this beer, I'm, I'm trying to selectively introduce environmental factors into the, into the process. <laughs> you talk about the, the house character. Can you expand that a little more? Is that more than just the, the drinkability? Is there, is there something specific that you're looking for in the beers that you're offering? I mean, it's all, I think it's, once again, it's just drinkability. We're very traditional with the styles of beer that we brew. Um, we don't like to have things, once again, liking to drink beer, um, and not just one or two. You know, sitting down and having a session uh, and having beer that is um, true to the traditional sense. So when you when you crack open one of our pale ales, you're not like, oh, my God, this is something new and crazy. I love it or hate it. You know what you're getting when you, when you, when you start drinking a pint. I noticed you have some old standbys or St. Michael's Ale, of course. Uh, you've had your uh, not so pale. You're starting to change things over a little bit. The, mm-hmm. the soul patch was new. I think you guys launched right. that last month. Uh, the old line, of course. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Kind of incorporating. It's been ten those. years, man. It's been yeah, ten years. We got lots of numbers to look at. You know, we love the styles. I mean, we all love the styles. We didn't get rid of them because we didn't like them. It was just time for a change. You know, I guess this is one of the one of the um, things in life where you're allowed to change a mainstay, you right. know? Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, with some of the changes, I mean, like, with introducing the Soul Patch, we replaced our Not-So, which has been a pretty popular pale ale for us over the years. Um, but it was kind of... The direction we went with it wasn't to go more wild and crazy on the pale ale spectrum. We kind of backed it down. Yeah, right? totally. And, like, I think it was way more balanced. Yeah. yeah, way more balanced. And we didn't anticipate what was going to happen with that beer. We lit, we brewed one batch of it, put it out, one fifteen barrel batch, and it was it's our most out of stock beer right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm actually looking at my schedule right now. He's just been getting orders from, <laughs> yeah. from our distributors. And I'm looking at our schedule and I'm thinking, man, this is yeah, going to be tight. tough. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be tight. <laughs> so you're placed in the community. I think we've got a little bit of a sense of that through the history. 
can talk a little bit more about the things that, that you look for, the things that you do, or how you think about this brewery and how it fits into the community of St. Michael's? Oh, we're, you know, that's, we're, we became a part of the community as soon as we opened our doors, you know, and, you know, and that's what, you know, this, this, we're a meeting place where, you know, we're a place that's unlike anywhere else in town. You know, you're coming here to have some beers. You're not coming here for dinner. You're not coming here for, you know, you're coming here to have beer. So everybody seems to be on the same page, which is a really easy vibe to kind of control, you know, and then you throw in like cards against humanity and you throw in live music and you throw in our ugly sweater Christmas party, you know, and, and people, you know, we're a, we're a destination to, to come hang out, you know, on Saturday afternoons, this is the place to be in town with live music and people drinking beer and having fun, you know, nobody comes here to have a bad time. Right. Right. (laughs) You know, but, but also because of that support we have from the community, we can give back, you know, we've worked with the St. Michael's community center, a bunch. Um, we've worked with the smile program. Um, so we're able to do some good things because we have such a good following. What's the smile program? That is with the chief of police. He mentors a couple, uh, disadvantaged youths and, uh, um, and takes them through, you know, through elementary school, right up through high school. And it's been an awesome program. We actually do that here with the brewery. We gave to that with the, this is the 10 bands in 10 hours. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. And the bands all donated their time. Um, it was, it was a really, really good time, but giving that and being able to see it's, we're such a small community here. Mind you, there's only 697 voting residents who are, you know, in St. Michael's Town proper. So you know everybody. So we can see these kids. We've watched these kids for the last 10 years yeah. um, grow up. It's, it's really fun. And we do some stuff with the school. And uh, it's, it's, a really, it's a really neat. You all, we all know each other here. It's, yeah. You know, and it's nice that, you know, it's kind of beer is kind of losing that, you know, that, that, that stigma, you know, being able to help schools. You know, it's not like, you know, it's not like kids are showing up to school wearing a Bud Light shirt, you know, like these, we're actually a part of the community. We're actually helping, you know, so it's, it's nice to be able to do that. And you lobbied actually pretty early on, if I'm right, about um, this model, right? Specifically a production brewery with a tasting room. So no no kitchen, no food, but being able to serve a lot of beer. When we opened up, we were not allowed, the, the, the only thing you could serve, I think was, if I remember correctly, we're three two ounce samples and it was outrageous now did anybody really abide by that not really unless you got in trouble because the comptroller's office is the one that regulates it we wanted to serve pints and in our specific county you had to be a full-on kitchen to serve pints our county liquor board didn't want to touch it we started lobbying right off the bat doing pints and that's where we cut our teeth with what really happens with legislation and who you need to talk to that took three or four years to actually come to culmination. We also lobbied, growlers were illegal. Um, so we lobbied for growlers. And when we did it, it was us and the guys from Union. Um, and I think, anyway, we, we were up there and we got, we got growlers on the legislation passed. Come to find out like four years later or three years later that the legislation was written improperly and every brewery in Maryland had been pouring growlers illegally. But the comptroller's office, once again, was like, yeah, don't, we know you guys were, you know, had, you know, you're heading the game, you're doing it the right way. So they just, you know, like on the DL, rewrote the legislation. But yes, the, and we lobbied for more samples and stuff like that. And it's getting, the environment's getting better. Um, the comptroller's been a huge proponent of us. Um, so we like to support him whenever we can. 
do you do you get up to the state house to like uh, help out with like twelve thirty eight? That happened a few months. So we didn't do. We didn't have a chance for twelve thirty eight um, to get up there. Uh, it's and that was a scary thing because nobody saw it coming. Um, and we actually wrote letters. I think I wrote forty five letters. We'd call people. It was it was a lot. And, and in fact, our Brewers Association told us to stop at one point. All right, they're all done. They're complaining now. They know what the issue is. So thank God some stop gaps were, were put in that. And, um, you know, once again, Peter Francho said that the only legislation they are going to support this year is going to be the Brewers Association supported bill. So hopefully next year, the whole environment will change for breweries and it will be a lot easier for, for us to do these great things that we want to do and, you know, increase jobs and some tax revenue for the state and pump out some more good beer. So I got to meet Zach a little ahead of time at the Easton Beer Fest, maybe yes. 20, 30 minutes from here. How do you guys see your place in sort of the larger beer community? I think a very vibrant community within the state of Maryland here on the shore. You take it? Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Being, I mean, they call me the old man here. You know, I'm kind of, we're kind of the older one out of the bunch, uh, which is fine. I'll take the, the, take the pat on the back. We are the brewery that nobody has ever heard of. Um, and I think one of the biggest reasons for that is that we don't have packaged beer on the market. We, for the first two years that we were open, we packaged our beer. Uh, it was not good. Um, our bottling line was horrible. It was almost, you almost couldn't sanitize it. So we had a lot of infected beer in the market, which we had to pull out. We stopped that and we just did draft um, for the last you know six years. It's been really, that have, just having that out there is tough for people to realize your brand, um, and we try very hard to do that. That's all going to change here coming up on the 19th. Cans of St. Michael's Ale and Situation Critical are going to make it out there. Um, so uh, hopefully that will increase our brand awareness out in the market. Um, not that, I mean, we are at almost 100% capacity here, uh, which is good stuff. Um, but we're the old, we're the old coots here. We're not, you know, we're very traditional. Once again, I say it a million times. Um, we don't do a lot of the super, super trendy stuff. We don't have a canning line, so we don't do all the can releases, you know, which is the hot thing right now, which is awesome. Um, you know, would I love to be able to do our one-offs in cans and just in our cans just out here? Sure. Um, but we just don't logistically have the space for a canning line and uh, all, all that good stuff. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah, but that said, I think... Uh I think we've still done pretty well for ourselves. Well, certainly. You know, I'm like, saying, sure. yeah. yeah, I mean, we don't do well for yeah, ourselves. I, I think, you know, we are, we are definitely the brewery no one's ever heard of, yeah. you know. <laughs> but, you know, in the markets where we sell beer, I mean, I think we've got pretty, pretty decent, like, customer retention. I mean, I think it's, it's just shown over, like, the last three yeah. years where our, our, uh, you know, our production, our sales have just been, like, skyrocketing. Every, every single order that we've gotten in the last four months has had an out-of-stock item on it. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, like I said, we're almost 100% capacity. So somebody's drinking our beer out yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> so a couple of questions to follow up on uh, the canning release. First of all, that's exciting. Yeah, very. If you don't have a canning line, are you working with a, a mobile cannery to come yeah, in? Yeah, so River City Canning, which used to be um, right next to Jailbreak up in Laurel. Uh, they're kind of a one-stop shop. Um, we're going to do some shrink wrap cans with those guys. Uh, they've been really, really helpful. Um, I met Bobby Twing, who runs their off-site production, I believe, um, all the lines at a Tap on Reform event at Calvert Brewing, where uh, Peter Francho was running a forum with brewers and distributors and you know industry leaders about how to go forward and change the legislation for next year. And um, 
we just we just got to talking, and it seemed it was a perfect time. Um, with some of the logistical things that we changed over here over the last couple months, it was perfect. Um, bought some new equipment, bought some more tanks. Um, so it's we're super excited for it. Yeah. I'm a little scared for my. I love drinking. I I love drinking cans. Um, when I'm out of the brewery, uh, <laughs> I'm a little scared right now. We're gonna have to set a pallet aside for you. Is yeah, that what you're telling that's me? Exactly. <laughs> it. So will the cans go out to a similar footprint where you're sending kegs, or is that a non-overlapping market? Or are you expanding your reach? So we will be expanding our reach. So once again, we only the only off-premise that we do really besides the tasting room is liquor stores that have growler filling stations or crowler filling stations now, which some of them do. Um, and we've got a great following there. Um, you know, all the heavy hitters do us. Uh, but are those are those stores just sort of in Talbot, uh, Annapolis, or the entire pretty much the entire state? Minus Ocean City and downtown Baltimore. Okay. So, same distributor is going to be carrying the beers. Um, we're kicking off at the end of the month uh, with all the distributors, so um, we're a little scared of that one too. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think it's going to be good. I mean, I think having that that image back in a package store again mm -hmm. for the first time in like five or six years is, I think it's only going to, like you said, raise more of our brand yes. awareness again. Yeah, totally. And, and hopefully that drives more of our draft sales yeah, and yep. just kind of works on itself yep. more tanks in the future yeah <laughs> so so you do foresee a little bit of growth if that oh. really is successful you want to stay on top of that we've grown we grow every year so from a revenue standpoint every year year after year our average is right around 20 percent so um it's it's amazing growth and it's it's a you know thank god for jay and zach helping us you know grab our head you know put our he heads and hands around it on how to plan for what's coming up, but um, you know, yeah, we have got room for probably three, two or three more tanks. Yeah, um, with four, the, yeah, maybe four if we it wants to get crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's the rooms there for it. What else is going on now at the brewery or in the near future that you want people to know about that maybe they may not? Since you are the least known. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to tell them about double barrel, dude. Yeah. So, um, like I was saying earlier, we've got this new seven barrel tank, uh, and with us doing canning uh, coming up here shortly, we're kind of right in the middle of, of kind of switching our production schedule around a little bit so that we can help facilitate these can runs. Um, yeah, we're already getting, like, our distributors already want to sell more of the cans than we can physically make at the time being. So uh, we're, we're trying to get everything organized around here. And what that basically is going to end up doing, um, it's allowing me to do uh, more kind of one-off, small-batch, seven-barrel stuff, which we're probably going to leave as tasting room only or very, very Super limited out to the small batch. Draft. Yeah, like... Yeah. Uh, um, and with a few of the beers, even uh, bottle-conditioned um, select distribution. But one of the cool projects we've got coming up is our double barrel. Uh, so our 12-gauge stout, which we just won a gold medal with yeah. uh, for best uh, stout in the Comptroller's Cup this year. Um, just brewed a batch of that up one, two days ago. And uh, this year, we're getting some Jack Daniels barrels in. So we're going to be aging those for two or three months or until we kind of determine it tastes appropriate. And uh, we're going to we're gonna go ahead and keg that up. So that'll be a fun little fun little beer. It's going to be the first time we've done barrel aging here. Right. Um, so I'm excited about that. I think it's going to be something yeah, hopefully, cool and new yeah, for hopefully us. Hopefully it tastes perfect by Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what yeah, I was, Wrap it I was, up. I think I was joking on Facebook. I was like, <laughs> everyone's going to have a great Christmas present this year. 
Um, yeah, and then we've got a few new beers out. Like we just our Blue Heron Coffee Porter was new for us last year, but this year we're really gonna increase the distribution on that a little bit. And uh, that's a really fun beer, and people have really been um, receiving that well. And uh, that's we worked with uh, Blue Heron Coffee, which is actually like right down the street. I got a cup of their coffee this morning before I came here. Um, they're really cool. They're they're local people yeah, around here. Their own beans, right? Yeah, right they're here in San Michaels. They make really nice coffee, um, and it was just awesome to team up with them. And it it turned out great. Like it worked perfectly in that beer. Uh, and then we've done a lot of like fun stuff. Um, like I said, we 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 did the Dulciana. Uh, we're probably going to do that, you know, a few more times, um, as you know, kind of production allows. And we're really excited to start playing around with this seven barrel tank. I mean, yeah, man, there's all we, kinds of fun stuff that we're going to be able to do with it. We just did our uh, hashtag hazy, which is our yeah, new yeah. one IPA. <laughs> which, like like Ace was saying earlier, we don't normally do trendy beers. Yeah, like, we typically like to brew the beers. It's we like effing to drink. delicious, though. I love yeah. the style, yeah, man. It it's, you know, I hate to say that. I put my skinny jeans on when I drink it. <laughs> but it was it, we kind of like just had fun with that, and we were like, yeah, let's just make fun of hazy IPAs. You know, everyone gets so. They, they're so opinionated one way or another about them, and we're just like, yeah, whatever, man. It's it's a beer. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have fun with it. <laughs> does yeah. that does that present challenges? I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier in terms of like maybe some of the beer drinkers that you had to deal with early on. Has that shifted? Has it gotten easier to to put a beer like hashtag hazy out there? Well, Jay's probably got a few stories. Yeah, yeah. Tell, yeah. <laughs> yeah of course. You know, it 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 took 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 us a while to kind of retrain these palettes you know uh they started off they started off with the saint michael's and they started off the lighthouse yeah oh my god um you know and and we actually have a few that are drinking ipas now well eric's a eric's a total yeah. i mean so eric warner is a local guy that's been coming in here probably since we've opened um he does he does he's a woodworker he does a lot of work for us in here and I think when he first came in, he was a bush light drinker, yeah. you know, and he started out on the lighthouse and then went to the St. Michael's and now he's, he's drinking, you know, soul the, patch. yeah, the soul patch yeah. and the situation critical and all, you know, all of our big hoppy right, beers. Yeah. And he totally jokes about it every time he's like, man, six years ago, if you had given me this beer, I would have walked out of here. <laughs> yeah. These are not the people who you would think would end up drinking craft beer. I mean, 70 year old Vietnam vets. <laughs> who, you know, Natty Light 30-pack was there Saturday night. Yeah. Um, you know, now it's, uh, now it's I'm going to come in and get a crowler of Situation Critical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has it gone to the point where they're surprising you, where they're coming in and asking after styles or kinds of beers that, that you haven't gotten around to experimenting with? I think so. Um, I know that some of these, lo- these guys, go, when they leave out of town, you know, like they, they go down to Key West for the weekend, they'll come back with crowlers. Be like, hey, I went to this brewery, you guys. You have to try this. I tried this oyster stout in Florida. It was awesome. It was, yeah. yeah, they're totally, yeah, they're totally, like, I think they've, they've been open to craft beer, and now they just want to drink it all. And it's funny, they'll come back, and they'll they'll enjoy styles that I hate, and I'm like, oh, you're yeah. out of your mind, <laughs> man. Like kettle sours. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't hate any beer. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't say that. Yeah. But I think that's what makes this place that, that much special, that's mu- that much more special to them is, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. they were able to grow with us. Yeah. You know, their palates grew with our growing pains and, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a family. Now yeah. they're, they're bringing yeah. beer back for us. <laughs> and you we've know, never been awesome. afraid to ask them their opinion about yeah. our beer and, you know, why don't you like this or what, you know, what do you like about that over this? And, and we try and turn that around into our products and, and see if we can't make the beer better. Yeah. Right. 
It's getting better and better. What, we get seven medals this year? Six. Six. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not too shabby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we were, I was really excited about that. I know uh, we, all three of us have been working pretty hard here those last couple of years to try and make that happen. So, so does that extend? Is that, I'm curious because, you know, you mentioned the, you know, a few hundred sort of permanent residents in the area. Um, a lot of second homeowners that, that come to St. Michael's in particular. Is that, is there a divide or do you find that that is surprisingly kind of unified that the, the, that community has grown both with the people who are here year round and the people who come on a more seasonal you basis. Get, you got to remember half of these houses, you know, three quarters of the houses here are all second homes. So these are people who have, you know, and I'm not disparaging any anybody at all, but DC palette is a little bit different than the palette, you know, that grew up out here. So those guys are those guys are bringing their DC brow and three star out here, which we don't get to see much of. I mean, see some, anyway, they, they're used to drinking the craft beer and they come out here um, and it's kind of neat. And everybody, everybody here gets along. There's no, there's no, there's no divide between the watermen and the people with the second homes here. Everybody rubs shoulders and, and yeah. gets along in the community. Like I said earlier, you know, everybody's coming in here to drink beer. Yeah. You know, everybody's all, walks in that door and they're automatically on the same level. And now it's in your face everywhere. You can't get away. You know, if you're, go, if you're going grocery shopping and you don't like craft beer, at least you know that it's there. You know, it's not like it was 10, 15 years ago where there was, you go in and, you know, shock top was it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, you'll see, you know. We get our, our pretty like regular contingent of our weekday locals that stop in once a week or whatever. And then we've got our crowd of weekenders or vacation homeowners that are come down really regularly. I mean, yeah. we'll see them at, you know, every other weekend, uh, throughout the summer. And, you know, we're just as good of friends with them as we are with the guys that are coming in here every day. And they all sit down. They get to know one another because, you know, Jay's like awesome at getting people to talk to one another and so they it's all insane. become friends with one another yeah yeah jay's, two, two, two. Jay, jay's friends with everybody yeah, yeah. and well, uh, almost everybody almost there's, everybody there's one there's one there's one <laughs> but you know no it's it's amazing you know when when i i can be behind the bar and you know i have a regular who lives in you know in like ohio and they're out here you know four times a year just to, you know, they Jay come just to, what beer they like. Yeah, what know. they had, what beer they had last time, and they remember the guys that were sitting in. Yeah. you know, talk like Stevie. It's, they'll they'll come in. Where's Stevie at? We're you know, yeah. and it's a fun, it's a fun environment here to because we don't serve food. We can spend so much more time with the customer, um, and then we don't compete with our little town, all of our town's restaurants either. Um, so you can get to actually talk. People come in here knowing that all they're going to drink is beer, yeah. and that's they come here specifically for that. So we can spend some time with them about it. And you can also bring your dog in, mm-hmm. you know, once again, one, another luxury because we don't have food. Or your pet. And your the pet. Of the cat. <laughs> hardwood floors. Yeah. <laughs> bring your cat. Yeah. I, I like, I don't think I've ever seen anyone I bring a cat, a cat in cat here. I'll bring, here, a cat. Yeah. I'll bring a cat in. You should totally bring a cat totally. in. We need, a, we need to start a new trend. Cat day. Cosmic yeah. kitty. Cosmic <laughs> kitty. I love it. For, for folks who've not been to St. Michael's, that was definitely a uh, very enjoyable aspect of my first trip is all the businesses here are super dog friendly. Yeah. yeah. They have water bowls and treats out. Uh, very approachable to just bring your, your pets in and, right. and walk up, up and down the main stretch. So you're coming up on 10 years. Yeah. yeah. 10 years. You're already thinking about or starting to think about we've, what you might do for We've already a set a budget for the <laughs> decade anniversary party. So yeah. we're st- we actually started the budget the day that the ninth year ended. 
that's ambitious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we made the we made a decision to kind of let nine just kind of slip through right. quietly and just kind of take that money that we would have used and throw it to ten. It's like nobody celebrates your 20th birthday. You celebrate 21st birthday. Yeah, yeah. And that's the way it's going to be here. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I think the last party we had was the five-year anniversary yeah. party. Yep. Yeah, so we're going to get... There will be crazy live music, crazy fun. Um, we haven't even really started planning on it, just corralling money for it. we gotta start, <laughs> We got to start scheming on what, uh, what crazy things we want to do to our triple next year. Yes. Yeah, yeah it's got to be. Yep. So ten, yeah, because so ten year twitch, yeah, ten year twerk, <laughs> ten year twerk. Yeah. So we do Please a, no. we Please do a no. triple every year to to uh, commemorate our anniversary. So this past year was nine year twitch. Next year it'll be ten year twitch, um, and it's always the pretty fairly close to the same recipe. The last two years we haven't put we used to put a, a, a local ingredient in. It. Did we get a gold medal for the one that had a fig in it, or was it? I don't remember. I can't remember. Anyway. <laughs> But that one, I think, was generally received as the best of the bunch so it far. It was. Uh, so that, we did honeydew melon. Um, did we do all that? We, did, a, we did, we did uh, dry hopping with some of Fagan's hops one year, yeah, I think. Yeah, so lots of local stuff went in. The last two years, we haven't put anything in it. So super bubble gummy. Anyway, next will be 10-year Twitch, and it's going to be cray-cray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to quote you on that. Yeah. The description. Spell yeah, so watch out. Labor Day of 2018. Yeah. Coming oh. straight at you. <laughs> That's a long way away. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see Let's if we start. can get Eddie Rabbit to play. Oh, my gosh. Is that Cool Cool Water? <laughs> Who's saying Cool? Shot a man on the Mexican border. Oh, I don't know. I thought that was Eddie Money. No, I said Eddie Rabbit. Oh. I'm pretty sure Mexican border was Eddie Money. Eddie Money. Yeah. We can probably get him to play, too. I think yeah. Oh, yeah. Think His schedule's taking, open. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably in our budget, too. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, after you recover from that party and the inevitable massive hangover, what's the next 10 years look like for you guys? Man, I was 20, 10 years after. I, You know, making it to 10 years, it was, you know, it was, it's a... It was. It's been a task. It's been fun. It's been hard. Um, I don't know. We're just going to keep on keep on doing what we're doing. Um, I kind of like our organic growth. Uh, organic, never you know, butting off more than we can chew. Doing what we're doing, doing doing it well. Doing our expansions well. Doing our bottling well. Uh, our barrel program coming up. So all of those things. Just keep on doing it well um, and honing our skills. And yeah, I think the best thing about about what where we're at right now is like we're not in a position where we need to push expansion. I mean, we could probably stay exactly right where we are and everyone be happy. So any growth that we do, like, you know, we can just do it on our terms. Right. And I think and kind of adapt to whatever the market's gonna throw at us. And I think that's the best position to be in. Totally. Totally. Fantastic. That's a great thought to go out on. Yeah, it is. Congratulations on your upcoming anniversary. That's going to be fantastic. You're going to come down for the big party? Oh, I hope so. I I already got some gray hairs thinking about it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Ace, Jay, Zach, thanks for joining. Thanks, man. Thanks, Thomas. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. In the next dialogue of a peculiar character... Did you pitch any ideas for the brew house rarity, or was that after your time? My wife's idea was, well, I don't, you know, it's crazy that there's not a beer with Old, old Bay in it. 
If you have comments, questions, or suggestions, please send them to feedback at peculiarcharacter.com. If you enjoyed the episode, please help spread the word. Tell a friend about it. Please consider supporting the show financially by visiting patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash peculiarcharacter and become a backer. Patrons enjoy special behind-the-scenes access and bonus content. The support of my patrons is greatly appreciated. Until next time, chase what calls you. I would like to thank the Internet Archive for media hosting and bandwidth. The views expressed on this program are my own and where applicable those of my guests and in no way reflect those of my employer or anyone else. This show is produced from 100% recycled bits. Except where noted, permission to recycle those further is granted under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 United States License. That means you're free to change this show as much as you like as long as you don't alter credits and you share your changes under the same license. Theme music is Slow Burn by Kevin MacLeod at Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0.